Tuesday again in a new episode of What's on Your Mind. And today we have Lynn de Pau. Lynn has worked for several years in her own business and worked so many hours she was fed up. And she said, I'm no longer going to trade my hours just for money. So she built a scalable revenue model where she is gaining money and at the same time she can be surfing on her surfboard in Spain. I really enjoyed the energy that Lynn brought to the table and I hope you do enjoy our conversation. Welcome to What's on Your Mind with Peter Snowart. Every week a guest talks about his or her story and that story can inspire you to change your own. Here's Peter. Hi Lynn, how are you? Hey Peter, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. It's awesome. a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for having me. Now, I think a question to start with, to warm up a little bit. Um, and I think you have already received that question multiple times. We are now the beginning of the summer holidays, uh, the, the 2nd of July. Um, this whole Corona period, what was the impact on you and your business, what you are doing? Or was there no impact? Yeah, there definitely was an impact, um, both on a personal level as on a, on a business level. I, for me, on a personal level, one of the things that I found really difficult in the beginning was the fact that I could no longer connect with my friends and my family. Mm -hmm. um, I've never been living so cl close by to them for many, many years. This is the first time I'm so close to them. And all of a sudden, it was impossible to go and see them and visit them and spend good times together. So for me, in the beginning, that was pretty hard to carry. I also moved to a new place and I didn't know anybody. So I literally was like totally isolated. And I don't mind being isolated. I'm an introvert, so I, I like my, my own space. Um, but for me, even for me, <laughs> as an introverted person who likes to just be left alone, it was, it was challenging times. Um, for me as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, I found it a little bit um, overwhelming. Um, I'm in the educational space, mm -hmm. the online educational space. And all of a sudden, it seemed like within a week of the lockdown that everybody was in the online educational space. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know for sure it's the algorithms on social media, but all I could see was sponsored advertising of what looked like everybody and their dog was doing online courses that had you to work on your business from all over the place. And I thought, wow, where is this coming from? And I just felt a little bit unethical promoting my business at that point in time, whilst so many of my clients were literally just hammered by the lockdown and literally didn't see any revenue coming mm -hmm. in. And so their next couple of months, basically a, a total disaster. And I, I really felt a little bit, um, not a little bit, I felt highly uncomfortable okay. promoting what we were doing which is a business school for entrepreneurs, which really helps them to go digital and online, which was the right place and time uh, back in March and April. But I really felt uncomfortable promoting that business, knowing that 
a lot of my clients or potential clients were basically in a panic mode. Yeah. And yeah. I just couldn't sell yeah. knowing that my audience was in a panic yeah. because they would be buying my stuff for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, and that was really, I, I had to, I needed a couple of weeks to get my head around that and feel comfortable with saying, hey, I've got some interesting educational stuff for you that might help you navigate what's happening right now. Um, now I'm more comfortable with that. Um, if I look at it from a business perspective, because that's how I felt as an entrepreneur. If I look at my business in general, March, April, May, and June have been the best months ever in comparison to previous years similar months. So we've seen our revenue grow four, five, six times even in comparison to the year before without actually doing much. And, and I think this is because I've been in the online space and the digital business space for six years now. Yeah. And we were ready for what happened in March. We've been ready for that for many, many, many years. So we didn't have to pivot, we didn't have to change, we didn't really have to do anything. And just people came flocking towards my network, towards my book, towards my business courses, because we've just been around and, and the time was now for yeah. actually them to make the move into the online space where we were already in for many years. Yeah, yeah. Now, but it's interesting times for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, um, and that's something I heard from an, from another conversation that you had. Um, you were an, uh, an engineer from from education. Mm -hmm. Then, then you uh, worked a couple of years as an employee in um, in uh, optimization of processes because I saw you have followed lots of course, courses in uh, Six Sigma, and um, and also the fact in combination with that is that I heard the story that you were brought up by your mom. You, your parents were divorced and I had a feeling because I mean, we don't know each other uh, personally I mean, not before this this conversation is that your true mission is that you want to give women um, the freedom the space to have a different life than you what your mom was doing actually she was working very hard um, yeah to make sure you had everything that you needed and was was there that in 2010 you had that foundation of i want to have another life that i experienced from my mother not really actually but what you are presenting is is very true um i i have been brought up by a single mother i'm an only child um, and most of my teenage years when i was living with my mom she was a freelancer um, so what I remember from her professional career when I was living with her, she was a freelancer. Um, she was a successful freelancer, obviously, because paying the bills and, and raising a kid all by yourself and, and just trying to do that uh, without, without much um, war zone in the house is already pretty impressive, specifically if you have a kid like me, <laughs> which was a bit of a handful. Um, at the time, so she did an amazing job, but I also saw that it was stressful for her um, having that responsibility of um, being the sole provider in the house and doing that on an unstable income, which is what you have as a freelancer, really put a lot of stress on her. And um, 
I kept that in the back of my mind for a very long time, like that this would not be something that I would want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm also very entrepreneurial. Um, well, where did you get, where did you get that? Was it born something in you or? I think so, yeah. I kind of, um, I like to try new things. Um, I'm kind of adventurous. I, I get bored pretty quickly mm-hmm. as well. Um, I'm someone who's, you know, when, when I was an employee, I was always the one who was like, but we could do this differently. Mm-hmm. And it would work so much better if you do it like that. And, you know, you just piss everybody off around you. <laughs> and they're like, can you just shut up and can you just do our job like we've been doing it for 20 years? Like that. Uh... Yeah, exactly. So I've always had this like drive to, you know, just make the world a better place. Although that sounds a little bit cheesy, but actually that's kind of where it comes from. No, I don't think it's, it sounds cheesy. I, I have the same. I also want to make the world, world a better place. So I don't find it cheesy. Okay, maybe some, some of your listeners, viewers might find it cheesy, maybe not. Um, but I've always had this drive inside me. But an entrepreneurial path was never on my radar. Um, I've only made the switch um, back in 2009 um, when we had that other crisis and now we have the Corona crisis, yeah. but we had the first the property market crisis in yeah. the US and then it was brought over to Europe. Um, I was working in a consultancy firm. Mm-hmm. We had to hire one third of the staff force okay. um, to stay, but um, I became like kind of responsible for the department where I was before just an employee Mm -hmm. but my manager got kicked out and and i just kind of like moved up in the pyramid because Mm -hmm. that's how things are built um and i thought well you know if i'm gonna be getting the customers and negotiating the deals and doing the projects and making the invoices well i could just do that for myself as well (laughs) and then when i compared like the invoices that i sent to my clients and my my paycheck, <laughs> I was like, opportunity mm. mm. <laughs> here. So I just decided to do what I was doing as an employee for myself as a freelance consultant. And was it, was there something sort of, was there something that triggered you to take that step to, 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 to jump or you had no fear at all? I, I went, I started, I've only worked for like eight months for that company. Mm. Um, so I, I only just made the move like recently and i said to myself you know what i really don't want to go and look for another job again but i do feel that the mentors that drawn me into this job they're not no longer here because they are fired so there's no one here that i can learn stuff from but i also don't want to start this whole writing your CV and applying for jobs and all that kind of stuff. So I was just, I'm a little bit lazy. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? I really don't want to do that. So let me just go on and just do it as an independent consultant. And that's how it started. And I didn't, I wasn't fearful. I was just not really excited of going to look for a job hunt again or doing a job hunt. So I just became my own boss. And it was only by the reaction of other people who were like, oh my God, and you just bought a house and how are you going to do that? And that I was like, well, 
I don't know, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. <laughs> and at that, at that time, you were already traveling? Because now you live in Belgium for a, a short period of time, but normally you li live in Spain. That, that journey, microbe, was that already I, active then? I come from a traveling family, so traveling is very common. My grandfather used to have a traveling business. Uh, my parent, my mom and her sisters and brother have been basically brought up in a bus because <laughs> my, my grandfather had a bus company, a travel bus company. Um, so the traveling virus is inside us and it's been inside me all my life. Yeah. But kind of like got put into the fridge once I started working because all of a sudden you have like 20 days of holiday a year. Mm -hmm. And even when I became a freelance consultant, when I became my own boss, um, it was not because I wanted to travel more. It was just, as I already told you, kind of like circumstances brought me to that point. Um, it was only when... I was in business for like two years and was literally working my ass off day and night as a consultant with irregular income, work, 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 work in the evenings, in the nights, on the weekends, never take holiday, no time for nothing, that I was like, oh my God, I'm doing exactly what I saw my mom doing when I was younger. Mm -hmm. like I see, I have seen what it leads to, and this is not the life that I want to live. No. And then I decided to redesign my life, my business, myself as an entrepreneur in order to build a very different life. Be because you, you were trading actually uh, an hour or your, your time for an hourly rate. That's the problem. Yeah. It's not scalable, that business. No, not at all. No. And when you don't work, you don't make money. When you're sick, you don't make money. When you can't work, you don't make money. When you don't want to work, you don't make money. Um, and I thought, well, this is really tricky. I could have thought that up earlier in the process, maybe, <laughs> but I only realized when I was into actually doing it that I was like, oh, this is kind of, this is tricky. Like, I know if I work, I, I can make a lot of money as a consultant. This is mm -hmm. great. When I don't, if something happens to me, then there's no money coming in. And I'm also, I'm very intuitive and very passionate and I can jump into things, but I'm also very rational. And so my brain was like, maybe this is not such a good long-term strategy. Like mm -hmm. you really have to think this over as an entrepreneur, if this is how you want to live for another probably 20 to 30 years before you can actually retire. And then I thought, that's a little bit too risky. I don't want to do it that way. Um, so I started basically redesigning my life and my business. And, and was it... I mean, I work. I have worked for more than twenty-five years in software, which is basically scale, scalable model. Is was there some kind of business model that you, I wouldn't say modeled, where you were inspired to transform your uh, your your business into? Because the scalable yeah. model. Now we're talking about two thousand and uh, when you you had to, you were your freelance consultant, and then you're going to transform your business. How many? How much years is that? Five years ago? Six years ago? Uh, yeah, about six years ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, it, and of course, it didn't happen overnight eh? because people think, oh, this is a silver bullet. I put something online and the thing sells itself and the passive income thing, it's there and let's travel. It doesn't work like that. Or is it? No, it unfortunately, it doesn't. Um, there are pathways to get there, though, uh, but you have to put in the work 
you have to be active in order to get passive. That's, that's actually the strategy. So it just doesn't happen overnight. Now, my story was, um, I didn't realize that I wasn't in an unscalable business model. I didn't even know what a business model was when I started okay. as a freelance consultant. I just knew I was selling my time. I have never seen anything else, so I didn't really know what it was. Mm -hmm. It was only when I realized, and I think the realization came from reading the 4-Hour Workweek from yep. Timothy. Tim Ferriss, yeah. So the book is like 12 years old. old. Yep. I kind of read it like nine years ago. Um, when I was at that point where I thought, I can't really maintain this, this kind of business model. And I read the book and I was like, oh my God, there's another world out there. And I didn't even know about it. I didn't know it existed. And that's when I started to basically try and apply the things that basically are in that book. So I experimented with drop shipping. I experimented with building a website and trying to sell my own goods. I experimented with, with all kinds of stuff for probably about two or three years um, until I realized and I found not only a way that was working for me, which was a scalable way where I could be less important in my own business. And that's also when I started to kind of spread that knowledge in Belgium as well, because nobody knew about this. We're talking about six years ago, like mm -hmm. all entrepreneurs, they were either a baker, a butcher, someone who is cutting hair um, or a freelance consultant. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like what a, a solo entrepreneur was doing. Correct. There was no one in the online space. There was no one who said like, hey, but you could have a website and sell informational products or sell the stuff that you have in your store actually online. That didn't exist. It started to exist for bigger companies, but not for small companies. It was totally mm -hmm. accessible, but the tools were there. You could start to build a website in Squarespace and WordPress, which was in 2010, just not impossible. Yep. You had to program when you wanted to, to have a website. But I was right at that specific time where that whole area opened up for smaller entrepreneurs. And it sounds a little bit um, full of myself, but I think I was one of the only first ones in Belgium who actually realized the potential for small entrepreneurs, the potential for people like my mom, because that was for me like the framework of what a small entrepreneur was. Yeah. And decided to kind of like spread that knowledge into into the Belgian market because I was like this works for me it's awesome maybe you can do something with it as well so so that's kind of like how I shifted my business into a very different and, 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 the, and the first thing was then Zeker van Harzak that's the first thing eh? yeah so that was Zeker van Harzak is it's still a network for female entrepreneurs it was a network for female entrepreneurs that came about because um, I was looking for a community of women entrepreneurs, solo entrepreneurs that I couldn't find in Belgium. I knew that they were there for sure, but they were not there when I went to, you know, VOCA receptions or, or UNISO events or whatever. They, they seemed to be hiding somewhere. But you could see that one in three of the entrepreneurs were women in Belgium. Mm -hmm. and them were solo they just were running their business by themselves but I didn't know where they were and I was like I want to get to know them 
um, because I feel a little bit lonely as a solo entrepreneur. And the advice that I get is for actually people who want to grow their business to having employees and stuff like that. And I don't want that. And an online digital business is awesome for a, a model like that. So that's how Zeker van Arzak came about because it was basically me looking for other women like me. Mm -hmm. And that's how the network grew from a couple of 10 of my girlfriends to like a community of 6,000 people at its, at its height. So yeah, that, that was a crazy ride. <laughs> but, it, but it still exists, eh? it's still growing, yeah? Yeah, 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 it still exists. Two years ago, um, I decided to make it a paying community because um, basically I really wanted to focus on the entrepreneurs and the, the community grew and a lot of new people who came in actually were not entrepreneurs yet or had a desire or not yet. And it became a little bit, I felt like a split personality because I couldn't serve everybody at the same time because when you're thinking of maybe having your business, your needs are very different than when you are six years in business yes. and you're looking for the next growth acceleration. Yep. Um, so I decided, okay, I want to work. I want to have in this network, the people that want my A game. Um, and the people who want my A game, those are entrepreneurs who are a couple of years in the process. Back then I was already eight years of an entrepreneur. So I thought if they're in this network, with probably about one to four to five years of experience in business, I can serve them and I can serve them in a way that is gonna challenge me as well. Um, so that's when I made the decision to turn it into a paying membership. So we've been doing this for almost three years now, still growing every month, a little bit more, a little bit more of new members coming in. And that's been an, it's been an exciting journey. It's, it, it helped me to build kind of passive income without yeah. actually realizing it was passive yeah, yeah, income. Yeah, yeah. It was never intended to be like that. Um, people now often ask me like, oh, I want to start a group and have like a paying subscription model. And I think it's a great idea, but you need to do a lot of work for free for a very long time. Yeah, because that, that was the thing. If I if I looked you up, I mean, the content that you have created is so, 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 yeah, so, so much. I mean, all the free advice that you give, all the uh, Q&As with Linda Pau, it's it's unbelievable yeah. the, what you can find about yourself. It's uh, And I was um, thinking, oh my oh. God, all those years that she has invested in recording that, thinking about that, um, yeah thanks for saying that like i really appreciate that you, that you see have seen the work that goes into it because some people think it's like um you know like another uh how do you say that like uh you know you just pop up and you have success no you know um but there's been a lot of work that came into that and there's been a lot of just building that network and, and providing value and, and, and sharing expertise. And, and that's what you need to do before, not before you should start charging. I think you should start charging for your services straight away uh, because otherwise you don't have a business, it's a hobby. Um, but you always have to, in combination, think about free ways to serve your audiences. Yeah. Yeah. Because how you how you build a business for the long run. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, it it has to be a mission. Eh? You have to. It's, it's serving the world. Eh? I mean, and of course you have to charge, and you can charge big time. Um, do 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 you think that um, about the price? Because I find it a very interesting one. My my wife is a solo entrepreneur, by the way, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I saw when she started that, and I have to be careful what I said because otherwise I will be kicked out of the house. Uh, is that uh, there is a relationship between how she is feeling about herself and the price she is asking to her customer for her services. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you see a lot within, um, well, yeah, a lot. do you think there's a difference between men and women? That, that uh, a, a, a man is as more, and, and I don't want to generalize of course, eh, but is, is that something that you see often that, that women sometimes yeah, don't have the guts to charge what they really, what their value is, and sometimes they're a little too cheap? Um, I wish there was no difference between what women entrepreneurs and and men entrepreneurs are charging, but all the data shows that there is a difference. Um, Freelance consultants on average, when they are women, they charge less than they are men, when they are, than than the men, than their male counterparts. Um, even in Belgium. So we are basically as entrepreneurs copying what we see in the workforce, where there is still a 70% pay, 17% pay gap between uh, men and women. Um, so that's the reality. So if you tell me, is, is it true? Yes, it is true. I mean, okay. the, data mm-hmm. the reasons why that is very difficult uh, to like literally pinpoint the exact reason why. Um, we see multiple reasons of why that is partly because there definitely is a little bit of a bigger connection between self-worth and what you charge for women than for men. Um, that's one thing. Secondly, culturally, um, when women start their own business, they get the advice of, but you should learn first. So don't charge too much. You still have to learn a lot. Ooh, that's a little bit expensive. Women get that feedback way more than okay. guys. Unfortunately, but that is the reality. And I see it within my network. I see it in my business school. Pricing for women is a very emotional challenge. Okay. On top of that, I think a lot of women, more than men, have not learned how to handle money. Um, I don't know when you were a kid, how that worked with money. Like, did you get pocket money? No, not really. No, I have to, for instance, what I had to do for, to learn the value of money is I had to work in uh, Blankenberg, eh? uh, two months. I cannot say that because it was a little bit illegal, but fair, um, because they ripped my contract and then I had to start over again in August. And with that so money, and I, I, <laughs> And with that money, I was 15 years old, so I took the train from Bruges, where I lived, where I was born, and I went to Blankenberg, and I sold there on the, I don't know, the, the on, on the coast, so on the deck, uh, I sold ice cream and waffles. And with that money, I bought my first electric guitar, because also I'm a musician. So, yeah. but, I mean, and, yeah, having to collect that money and earn that money by working day and night, I, I, I mean... I didn't get the guitar and I wanted a really good one. So that was for me how I learned uh, money. My parents told me, you want money? This is holidays. You have to work. So I did everything. Uh, 
like think in, in Blankenberg, but also in um, when they sell French fries, for instance, uh, in the weekends, things like that. So that so there was no pocket money until I went to uh, university in Brussels Leuven. That I got, of course, money. Otherwise, I have to sell my body, and that I my 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 parents did not want me to sell my body. So uh, yeah. that, was a that was a joke, eh? I, I may hope so. <laughs> well, at least I hope it's not a joke that your parents didn't want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> now, for me, it was the same. I've always worked for for my money uh, for for um, for as long as I can remember. Basically, I had student jobs and weekend jobs and all that stuff, even when I was in in university. Um, but I I recognize for a lot of women when we earn money, our parents say. You should save it. Okay. Be careful. Be careful with it. Don't just spend it on all kinds of things. Um, I tend to notice that for guys, it's a little bit different. The money that they earn, it can be used for fun things. It can be used for an investment. It can be used for... Mm. I've noticed that, and I can't prove this for real, but I have noticed men have a better financial education than women have. Women are not taught to handle money and deal with money. When they make it, it's for saving. It's not for investing. It's not for learning what you could do with your money. It's not for making deliberate decisions about your money. We, we don't really learn the value of money yeah. in that sense. And from that perspective, I think this is just another thing on top of the yeah. cultural thing, the, the self-worth thing. It's, it's a very complicated yeah. network. But I have noticed that as a woman, we, don't, we are not really brought up within a frame where money is its energy and it's something that we can do yeah. great. Correct, correct. Well, I fully, I fully agree eh? and I find it really a pity um, but at the same time, I was also culturally taught that money was a, a dirty thing and you could not talk about money and things like that. So um, I think in general, I, I think at schools, they should learn to teach really how to handle money and see money as energy, as something to, yeah, as a, as, as a means, as some, some kind of transaction and having not such a bad relationship with money because yeah, you know all the things of course if you have a, a bad relationship about money yeah then it, it's going to be very difficult to like, if i look at myself i mean i was selling deals of ten thousand euros and getting that step to one million or hundred million i mean that i was my own that was i was limiting myself and i had had mentors to really break down those limits but i did not learn that and I, I, I am never going to blame somebody, but I'm looking to that typical small town, yeah, cultural thing because, yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It really depends. It, but as you see it as, yeah, as, 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 a, as, a, as a point of view from scarcity, yeah, then it's a lot of money, but it's just money. It's, it's, it's energy, Jack. And, and I think that from a very young age, they should teach that to men and women. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think in Belgium, we're, we're highly uneducated when it comes down to money. Yeah. Uh, if you look at entrepreneurs, so 
um, either they tell you you shouldn't be an entrepreneur because you'll have to work hard and not make any money. If you're an entrepreneur and you work hard and you make money, please don't tell anybody that you make money. Yeah. Don't buy the expensive car because everybody will judge you. Or a boat. So, yeah. So and that's that's both for men and for women as well. But um, so I I think in in in, in Belgium specifically. In a, a number of European countries, we have a very distorted relationship when it comes to money. It's, it's something that if you don't have it, you shouldn't talk about it because you need to be ashamed of it. And if you do have it, you shouldn't talk about it either because you also need to be ashamed yeah. of it. Yeah, that's true. Or you didn't make it in an, in an ethical way. You didn't make it in a nice way. You have been cheating. You have been a fraud. You have been all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's holding men back as well as women. Maybe women even a little bit more than men because um, we tend to be a little bit more socially organized and value the opinion of others slightly more than guys do. Now, on top of that, like I don't, I don't want to um, no, no, your point towards women because I do believe and and I work around money beliefs and money mindset quite a lot because I have been in that position myself, and I do believe there is a lot of stuff that we can learn and the, that we can break away from uh, of the stuff that we have been brought up with um, that enables us to grow in that in that sense i have been in that scarcity mentality most of my life yeah. i have really struggled to break through the barrier of a hundred thousand a year not as a consultant but as an entrepreneur yeah. i thought i only work so little it would be impossible to make yeah. more because yeah. i it's kind of like cheating because yeah. I, I hardly work um, and it took me a lot of mental work in order to break through and go towards that 200,000 yeah. yeah. um, just saying that I think it is you this is something that you can learn and manage and as an entrepreneur if you feel it's holding you back it's time to work on releasing you know that negative energy inside of you so you can just yeah. have flowing a little bit more literally in your brain yeah, 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 yeah. bank account as well <laughs> I, I i really feel that you have um, that you are very self-aware um and the um, what, what do you think about the statements and this is something i'm now 45 how young are you 39 39 eh? 30 plus and uh so what do you think about the statement? And this is, this is only something I discovered when I was around 40 is that as an entrepreneur, what you're doing, your business, people talk about the doing aspect, but I've learned it's not about the doing. It's about the being who you are as a person and your business is actually an extension of who you are and all the rest. So it starts really from you and who you are and your, your beliefs, etc. And and a lot of people think that's bullshit, but I still believe, for me, in my opinion, that's where it all starts from. And if you want to grow your business, you need to look in the mirror and you see that face, which normally is yourself, and um, work on yourself on that and really dig deep on every level. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting that you say that. Um, I do believe that myself, that... Being an entrepreneur is the most interesting personal development course that you can ever take. Um, and whatever you learn in your entrepreneurial journey is benefiting you as a human in your relationships with other people, in the way that you see your life, in the way that you strategize things. 
Um, so I, I fully agree with that. And one of the interesting things that I see is that from a classical point of view, when, when we look at what entrepreneurship is, we actually tend to forget that the business should serve us instead of us serving the business. Um, we tend to build a business in a way that everybody else builds a business. So you have a product that serves a need and then you sell it and then you scale it, right? Like th that's like the model. No one teaches you, maybe except me, <laughs> no one is teaching you that actually the question is, how do I want to live my life? Yes. And can I build a, can I build a business yes. that serves my life yes. and that serves me as a human, that cultivates the good stuff in me, that is kind of like helping me break through the demons that I have inside me. It's a little bit weird, but um, it seems like specifically now in the whole scale up startup um, hype and community about like just you know scaling really fast and selling your business and all that kind of stuff we tend to forget that most entrepreneurs start a business because there is something inside them that they want to contribute to the world and what we should teach these entrepreneurs sorry i'm on a rant now but what we should teach these entrepreneurs is to think about what's the build that what's the business that you want to build and how should it look like so it serves you in a way that it helps you cultivate your yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I do a lot of work for women because women intuitively feel that a little bit better. Yeah. They're a little bit more in tune into, you know what? I also want to pick up my kids from school. Yeah. You know, I, that's really important for me. Or I also want to, you know, be able to cook really good food at home that is healthy for me and nurturing. And, and therefore my business needs to allow me yeah. to do Stuff. I, I, I fully I fully agree. The the thing is um, is that so my I, uh, there is a son. I don't say I have a son. There is a son in my life who is becoming three, and I fully agree with you. Um, the the fact is that I think it's about you and it's about having some kind of mission because and as a side effect you will be happy. It's the same as I want to be a millionaire. No no no. The money is a side effect. Focus on the thing you love and then your intention will be pure and you will connect with people and people buy from you because they like you, they trust you and so on and so on and so on. And I had a discussion, I had a similar discussion two days ago with a CEO because I worked in startups for like 20 years ago when the startup term in Belgium did not was, was not even invented around 2000. Yeah. And I was also into that um, mental model because I was really... Um, unconscious or unaware about, about that so the only thing was grow and become the biggest but the thing is you have still hair on yourself I hope it's your real hair but I lost my hair then I lost my hair by working so hard and thinking that was the way to growing and then I will be happy and the and, and that CEO a couple of days ago, he said, yeah, we're going to split up the company and we're going to search for VC so investors and business angels and I was like, but you're almost on a burnout and you want to drop out the company because it's like, I don't know, 60 employees or something. I mean, is that really what you want as a person, what you're going to do here? Is, or is it something your ego wants to do? Because you've seen that model from 
all the other startups who have been doing an exit and then you're a millionaire, but you feel like miserable with all your money. So my question is, who are you and what do you want to be? Um, and then reflect that on what you do at your company. And I think, and also I made that mistake of focusing on that growth, growth, growth. But the thing is for me is that you, if you want to do something in your life, you have to work on the mental, the emotional, the physical, your body and the spiritual level. So the more purpose mission driven and especially that intuition was something, especially for male people um, that they, yeah, like myself also, that I got it completely wrong and where we are mistaught. So I fully agree that women are more taught about the intuition and things like that. And at the same time, the more negative th thing like um, you have to shut up, you have to be silent and you have to yeah, um, obey and things like that, which I absolutely do not agree. Um, but the men, they don't learn how to listen to your emotions, to your heart, to do your intuition and things like that. Because that, this, the, that's the real key. Know what they learn? Work hard, learn, earn lots of money, then you will have a beautiful woman, get a nice house, mostly the biggest one in the neighborhood, because then you are important, and then your self-image. And, and I think I fully agree with you, and that purely that scale-up and that overhyped, because I hate that uh, culture, about that growing for the growth. I mean, if I look at nature, it doesn't work like that. It's not about growth or growth. Hey, you like to surf, which is my big dream to learn to surf. Um, I mean, there are a lot of drops in the ocean, but I mean, there's always enough and it's not about, we want to make the ocean bigger. No, it's, it's good as it is. And you're going to float under the ocean. And so I, I, I fully, fully agree with you. And I think we need more men, male and female, where entrepreneurs that are listening who they are, instead of breaking their sales down and building a something successful, because I believe you also did that. Hey, you had a very successful company, but you lost yourself in that journey. Yeah, I think, I mean, yes, I did. Um, and it's been a very interesting experience. Um, I, I, I love growth, by the way. Uh, I am an entrepreneur. So growth for me means creating more value for people. Um, so in, in that sense, um, it's definitely something I keep an eye on. It's not the, it's not the goal. It, it happens when you want to have more impact for people, you know? Um, so, so I definitely, I mean, a business is, it's kind of an economical system as well. And, and the economical systems have been ruled by the idea that they need to grow in order to sustain themselves. Mm -hmm. so, so that's the, econ that's how capitalism works yes, and that's yes, yes. the economical model. Um, and therefore that's how companies work. Um, I think what you see now is a shift towards the other side of how entrepreneurial spirit can live in the world. And it's not only about bigger is better and, and that journey, which, which is also a good journey. There, there's nothing wrong with that in, in itself. Um, but I feel like there's also now more space to have a different kind of view on what entrepreneurship is, something that's actually much more closer to what it used to be, <laughs> maybe 50 or 100 years ago, you know, when we were just basically trading and, and creating value for our customers. Mm -hmm. And it was not about like, I have a stall on the market and in two years I wanna have five stalls on the market. Yeah. And then 
on that other market as well. That's not what you did. You just wanted to sell great cheese and, and be loyal to your loyal customers. And that was it kind of thing. Um, and that kind of became not cool. It kind of like, it's stagnant. It's not like, but do you not want more for yourself? And you should grow and you should do this and you should do that. Uh, and we kind of forget that, but that there's still a very different way of doing running a business and being an entrepreneur and and i think um that's awakening quite a fair yeah. bit um in definitely the last 10 years i would say the last yeah probably about 10 years um which is cool and i think both systems should be you know like they're 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 separate but both of them should be there but both of them create value for yeah. our society in different ways and i think that's both cool what i do hope is for people that are very ambitious in their growth strategies that they also really aware of the fact that 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 is what they actually want for themselves um, and maybe some of them do and some of them might not be aware of what it is that they really want and and then the journey is gonna and probably quite painfully, which is the same thing if you're just a small entrepreneur and you're doing it because nowadays it's really cool to be, you know, self-employed. And mm. um, if you're doing it for that reason, it's gonna be tough, you know? If you're doing it for, uh, you know, I wanna become the, the best freelancer and the most successful freelancer in the world, which is not growth, but just being the best, mm. um, you're probably not gonna like the journey because, yep. It's not about the price in the end. It's about the journey. It's along. always about the journey. Always. Yeah. I mean, you don't listen to a song for the last chord. You, you don't, just don't dance for the last move. You just dance for the dance. And that's the same. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I why do yeah. you surf? Why do you surf? To catch as many waves as possible. <laughs> And to track it on my watch and, and count how many meters. <laughs> I don't believe it. Why I surf is the reason why I'm also an entrepreneur. It's about it's about the journey. It's about learning. It's about letting go as well. It's about understanding that you're not in control. No matter. As an entrepreneur, we 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 like to tell ourselves that we are in control. But look at what happened in the last three months all of us realized we are so not in control and all of us a lot of us realized we don't really know what we are doing um and i'm happy to say that i'm comfortable to say that um i hope that when i say that it inspires other people as well uh, or other entrepreneurs as well because it's it's a journey and it goes up and it goes down and, and hopefully you like it no matter whether it goes up 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 or it goes up and down and up and down or you Whatever happens, you know, at least I hope that you enjoy it. That's the, that's the most important part. Yeah, and it sounds really strange, but the most difficult times um, in every aspect, if it was now private or even professional, um, and, and when you're mid, in, in the mid, when you are in that wave, eh, that down wave, it feels painful. But afterwards, if I look back, then I come to a point that I see it as a gift because I learned something about myself and I learned something about the experience. And that is that experience that, yeah, that, yeah, it makes you grow. And 
I'm actually very grateful for that because if I would, if we would go to the movies, and I don't know if you are a fan of Star Trek or Lord of the Rings or whatever, um, and I would tell you the whole story of all the of all the movies, I mean, it will be boring. I mean, it's just that roller coaster that goes up and down that you cannot control, which makes it exciting. Because I want to add also something about the corona that you're mentioning. I mean, that's all correct what you're saying, but it also shows that we are human. And it means also that tomorrow, it can be our last day. So this means for me, today is a gift. And that's why we call it present. And you have to do everything what's possible to manifest that potential within you. Otherwise, you're just surviving. And I, it's okay if you want, if you choose that kind of life, eh? but yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing because um, I used to be that kind of person that was always looking at tomorrow. Um, I've always been an A-type personality that was very driven, very focused, very, very much that, um, yeah, that grow, grow, grow kind of mindset, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah? um, uh, always on to the next bigger job with more responsibility, with more you know, like uh, more international, more global, that kind of stuff. And, and in business, it was the same thing. It was always about more, 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 more. And, and I remember um, when I was in that process of realizing like, this is not really making me happy, but I don't really know what the alternative is <laughs> because I, I, I haven't seen any alternative. Like I haven't seen how you could be in business still have a very financially successful business, a very mission successful business, impact successful business, um, but still have plenty of time and, and, and all that. There were no examples of how to do that. And um, I remember when I was on that like explorational journey, one of the things that I realized, um, I, I meditate as well. So one mm -hmm. of the things that I realized during meditation, one of my meditation sessions was, um, okay, you have this, a type personality that is always wanting more you know there's there's kind of like this monster inside you that is like more give me more give me more I, I want the next thing the other thing and when I have that there's another thing already over there that I also want um, and I really visualized this as this huge big monster that was like unsatisfiable always wanting more and and I saw myself in this meditation as a very little girl like a tiny girl and she was just saying she was like but all i want is peace and happiness yeah and and that was so powerful for me that particular meditation that i was like if i'm going to keep on feeding that monster i will never be that person that i actually really truly want to be um and that was like mind opening for me it didn't allow me to realize like how I should change the business and everything that only came afterwards. But it did realize like, there's, there's another path for me. Either it's gonna be that path, which I knew is not making me happy. I've already seen that, I've already explored it. Or there's another path and I don't know how it's gonna look like. I don't know if you, even if it's possible. I don't know if you can do whatever the hell you want every single day and still make good money and travel the world and, and like live your mission. But you know what? I'm gonna try it, and I'll just I'll just see if it works. <laughs> how 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 many years have you been meditating? 
Um, I started meditating back in Thailand, which is like probably about seven years ago, I think. What, what kind of form for meditation? I'm not really sure. It's a, you're, you're, you're taking a, you're taking a, you're, you're watching your breath. Yes. That's the first start. Um, yeah. I do, I do often guided meditations. Yeah. Guided, not in the way of distracting your brain. So you don't think of anything else, but guiding in terms of a learning experience. Yeah. Also, my teacher talks about specific conceptual things during the guided meditation for mm -hmm. kind of being in that moment, yeah. staying with your breath, but also some kind of an, an eye opening yeah. often learning experience as well, which is something that I really appreciate. Yeah. Do you, do you find that meditation change your life? Yeah, it does. Also as an entrepreneur? Definitely. Yeah. But for me too, because the thing here that you're saying, it resonates with me because it's the same, because I, I also had that more, more, more thing. And, and then I discovered that my self-esteem was actually connected to targets because I believed if I reach that goal or targets, whatever, then I will be happy. And I was, if I didn't get it, I was unhappy. Yeah. And when I get it, I was still unhappy. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, shit, but this thing, it doesn't work. Even if I do everything on the world, I will never be. And then I just switched it, the whole thing around. And it was also during meditation that I realized that because you look at yourself and your thoughts and I was like, what the hell am I chasing oh for? For whom am I doing this? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, maybe it's, that's also a male thing, but that, that, that competitive, yeah, that guy is better than me. I have to make sure. And then I stopped everything. There is no competition anymore. It's only about me. There is no competition anymore. The flowers don't compete with them. So I'm not going to compete anymore. I don't participate in this whole stupid thing anymore. I stop with it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my best. That's it. And I enjoy the journey, even if it's if I lose something, it's that journey, it's that lesson with the people that I encounter that journey with. Because within 10 years, if I look back, I will have forgotten about that deal or whatever, but I will never forgotten how I did it with that person who I was then working with. Yeah. And the rest I'm like, so when they come off with, with targets or goals, I'm like, whatever, I don't care. And because uh, yeah. I didn't say that goals aren't important, I am no longer attached to that goal. I, I think probably you just realize that either meeting them or not meeting them is not necessarily yeah. going to yeah. tell you. Yeah. And you it, know, I also have, I have, I have goals. I have, I have a manifest every six months about how I want to grow and, and as on an individual level, on a personal level, on a business level. Um, so I have goals. I try to reach them. I definitely have the intention to reach them, but whether I do or I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. make me happier yeah. or yeah. less happy. Um, I think one of the things very on a very practical level for meditation, if, if there are entrepreneurs listening now who, who are like, it sounds, I don't know, do I need to be in like a white t-shirt and like sit still and, and all that kind of stuff. I think one of the, the very quick benefits that you can get from only just maybe five or 10 minutes of meditation, mm -hmm. clarity and focus. Yeah. And if there's one thing that you need as an entrepreneur, yeah. as a CEO of a business, yeah. it's clarity and focus. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. really need to understand what is important. You really need to understand where you should put your energy as a CEO because you can't give it to everybody at the same time. Yeah. It's, 
possible. Um, and I think just spending that 10 or 15 minutes with yourself is giving you that clarity that will make you a better entrepreneur. Um, how much uh, do you do it twice a day in the, in, the, in the morning and then in the evening or no 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 not even not even every single day it comes and it goes my practice there are times where i do it frequently there are times where i don't do it at all i recently just started picking it up again because i felt like it would serve me i didn't know in what kind of way but i knew it was going to serve me in, in in one way or another i think i tend to grab to it at a point in time where I feel like this is a skill and a tool and it's going to help me right now in the situation that I am in. And I mean, these are exciting times right now and scary times at the same, at the same time um, for entrepreneurs and, and for everybody, basically. We're in a new normal where we don't really know how to navigate it, neither in business, neither in personal life. I went to the store today just to buy some groceries and, and the tension is yeah. you, you Feel the it, tension yeah. in the store. So we've, we've really, we've, we've come into a new kind of reality right now. And no matter how you look at it, that's hard to deal with for everybody. You know, you, you can say like, oh, it's fine. I don't really care or whatever. We are all impacted whether we care or not. And, and for me, like, these present like couple of weeks, I was like, I really need to grab this tool again, which is meditation to kind of like ground me back into the person that I am and get clarity about how I, I want to navigate the next couple of weeks or, or even just today. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's kind of like, it's a tool in my backpack that helps me in certain and specific times. Um, I know I should practice more regularly, but it's fine. It's you do what I'm. I'm. Yeah, for me. I'm not a purist who's like you should do it every day in order for you to feel. Yeah, that, that's the tricky. If if the, the if the must if if the must thing is there, if it's a it's a must, then you're missing the whole complete point. I'm too pragmatic. I'm like, I know that this thing works, and when I need it, I will get it off the shelf and actually use it. I'm I'm that kind of a person, you know. So are are there any other things you or things? that are in your backpack backpack that you yeah that help you i don't know do you do you do ice cold showers for instance uh i don't know no no way i will ever do ice cold showers in my life i, I can assure you, you i do that insane, right <laughs> i do that and it, it changes your life also i'm really happy for you <laughs> Keep on doing it. <laughs> now, um, if you could, yeah. if if you would go back now, and um, you you studied in in Belgium, eh? yeah, and you go back in time with a DeLorean, and you would meet Deline when she's eighteen. She's standing in front of the high school university door, whatever, and you would meet her. What would you give her in terms of advice? You say. Lovely Lynn, I'm here from the future. This is my advice. That's a great question. And in order to answer that, I'm going to tell you about another meditation experience that I had uh, a few years ago, where I did a guided meditation, where I was visualizing myself 40 years later. Um, or that was what it was supposed to be. So 
um, I, I was in America, apparently. So I visited my older self, who apparently lived in America, in a huge mansion, you know, like these, these American things, you know, like castles. And I walked into the house where apparently I was living, or my older self was living, and the whole house was pretty empty, which kind of makes sense, because I'm a minimalist myself, not back then, but right now. Um, and the house was white and empty, and a lot of lights came in. And I, it had this big staircase, you know, like you, see, like you see in the American movies. And I walked in, and there was this lady um, yelling, and she was like, come on through, I'm in, I'm in the back, which was obviously me talking to me. Um, so I moved forward further into the house, and I'm sitting there wearing uh, just a plain white clothes, a very, okay, this sounds a little bit weird, gorgeous woman, long gray hair, was like, oh my God. And she's sitting at a piano in a whole white space with big windows and the piano is black and everything else is white, including me and my clothes. Well, not me, but my clothes are. And I'm playing piano. I can't play an instrument, nothing at all, which I thought was striking. So she's playing this piano and she's like, come on over, come on here. And I'm just listening. I don't know what song she played. I don't remember that. And then she looks at me and she's like, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. And that would be the advice that I would give myself as an 18 year old as well. You know what the strange thing is? No. Everybody who comes here says that. That everything is going to be okay? Yeah. Oh. Don't worry, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Maybe you're just selecting your, your guests on the basis of how they are. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just selecting if they have a boat or not. Um, no, no, that's, I, I, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Now, are there, um, you, you mentioned Tim Ferriss. Um, are there any people, mentors, that you admire who inspire you at this moment? Uh, on a business level or? Doesn't so matter, doesn't matter. Because on a business level, I don't have that many mentors or coaches. Uh, they tend to shift over time as well. Um, mm -hmm. At some point, I feel like I've outgrown them or something. Mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, thank you for all the stuff I've learned. Great, I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next thing. Uh, which is great. I also see that with my clients, you know, they, they come for mentoring with me and then, and then they progress and they grow and they, they move on and they're ready to go on to the, to the next teacher that is going to cross yeah. their path, you know, which is, which is great. Um, when it goes um, into my private life, I feel like I, I have a, one of my best friends or my best friend is um, beyond a, a mentor in that sense that um, there's just a whole bunch of stuff I've learned from her throughout the 10 years that we have been friends and, and I've been really blessed having her um, in my life. Um, I also collaborate with someone, uh, this is actually a business mentoring relationship that we have, but he's a very inspiring entrepreneur who is very, very successful according to the classical rules of mm -hmm. what success is um, but he's a very grounded warm-hearted man which i just whenever i come to him with how should i deal with this he, he gives me an answer and i'm like 
oh man, that's even like 50 times better than what I could ever come up with in my little brain. Um, so I find that very inspiring as well. Um, the guy that my meditation guru that, well, I don't think I should call him a guru. He will, he will probably <laughs> be disappointed if I call him a guru, but um, I've been following him for like eight years now or seven years. And, and he's been a source of inspiration when it comes down to just really understanding why we do what we do um, and how we function. Um, so yeah, I, I, I tend to, I feel blessed with having a couple of people in my life who really, you know, bring out the best of me. Yeah. Cool. And I think everybody should find people and surround yourself with people like that. Um, is, that is, is that something when you now in your um, uh, female network that sometimes, and that's, that's something from my own experience that I saw, is that it's very important to surround yourself as a female entrepreneur with people who uplift you during your jump journey, whatever, because there are a lot of people, nah, don't do that. Go work for a boss. Uh, don't do that. It's going to be too risky so that you search other women who are going to uplift you and, and stimulate yeah. you. I mean, you should surround yourself with people who stimulate you, whether whether you are a, a female entrepreneur or, or a male entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. um, you surround you, you should surround yourself to, with people who who really want to see you succeed. Yeah. And, and don't um, put their own limitations that they have in their own head on you and project them on you and and project them on what you could do. Um, and it's hard to. It's also, I think, a personal learning experience for yourself when you start realizing that maybe some of the people who you surround yourself with, uh, because of, for whatever reason, they've been in your life, uh, maybe are not the ones that will come along on this next journey that you're going to take, which is, could be difficult, but it's also kind of okay to actually move on to the next thing. But I do believe that if you're not surrounded with people that support you on your journey, you're not going to make it. And this includes specifically your partner, whether you're a guy or whether you're a girl. Um, you really need to understand the level of support that your partner can give you in your entrepreneurial journey to a certain extent, eh? because not everybody can go into the same craziness level that you might go as an entrepreneur. Um, but really be aware of what you say to whom in order for you to actually just, that's a little bit vague, I would say. Maybe let me just rephrase that um, and say just this, you really, should, you, you really should support yourself with people who can lift you up. I want to see you win yeah. and succeed in what you do. I, I, you just mentioned something very interesting, which have, I have been um, doing and looking into the last thing, three years about minimalism, um, the decluttering. So is, I assume you have surfboards. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, these were the last things with a couple of clothes that they cannot take away from you. I, I assume. Um, where did you get that idea? Because I saw it on a TEDx uh, talk. I think three, four years ago. And since then I get rid of everything and it gives me a lot of 
peace of mind, to be honest. And I love doing that. And people sometimes tend to look at me, hmm, you are giving away things or selling things. Why are you doing that? Where did you get that idea? Um, I actually love that too. I just did a decluttering exercise last week and I just got totally excited about it. Um, which means a lot because I have like all my stuff fits in three bags. So like literally all my stuff, except the surfboard that's in another bag. Um, I don't have furniture. I don't own furniture or any of these things. Um, it came about very practically. Um, when I was um, as a student and then I started working, I bought my own house. You know, I was successful as an entrepreneur. I started accumulating things. Why? Because that means that you are successful. A nice car, nice clothes, nice handbags, nice shoes, nice furniture, nice all of that stuff. Um, and it sounds cheeky when you say like all of a sudden I realized it didn't make me happy, um, which was not true because I didn't realize it like that. I just realized I wanted to start traveling and practically that meant I was going to rent out my house and I had to move my stuff, not the furniture because I was renting it out with furniture but my personal stuff so i put everything in a storeroom and i just i kind of just left it there basically for like three years in one of these you know sure guard yeah. store and i paid like 150 bucks a, a month to basically keep stuff and then at some point i was like that's a pretty crazy expense to have i don't even know what's in that storeroom and obviously it hasn't been that important because i haven't missed it for three years so um let me just go and check um, so I went to the storeroom and I got all like frantic about just clearing it out and throwing away mostly stuff I didn't even realize I had. I was like, what's this, you know? Um, and that's kind of, it just felt so liberating doing that exercise and just, I, I just realized like, wow, this stuff is really like, I wouldn't say holding me back or anything, yeah. but it became a little bit of a burden in the journey that I was yeah. taking. Just having that physical stuff. And then I just started to let go. And three years ago, I moved to Spain and I became a little bit more sedentary. And I thought, oh, now it's gonna start again. You know, I'm just gonna accumulate nice things again for the house and blah, 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 blah. And actually it didn't. Like every time I got something, I was like, ugh, I don't know. Now I need to carry this around. Mm like that it felt like a responsibility owning something instead of a liberation to own something so for a lot of people like they buy something because they think it will make them happy and it's going to liberate them from some kind of a burden and for me when i started to get rid of stuff i just felt more and more liberated yeah. each time i did it and even last week i only threw away like just not much, like only like this volume of stuff. I didn't throw it away, I actually gave it away. Yeah. And it was just like, ah, oh, yeah, now I don't have to, I'm not responsible for this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds crazy, but I don't know. I just, I find it really. Weird. Yeah, but me, me too. I um, like, I have, I don't know if you have simple rules, but I have, and it's not a strict rule, eh, but things that I don't use for like six months or one year, and it can be everything I give away or whatever. So, I give away like three guitars to uh, young children in Africa via an organization in Ghent to help them learn to, to teach music. Also my first uh, guitar, which I bought of the money of Blankenberger, which holds an emotional value, but 
Then I look at it, what emotional value? You don't play with it. You don't do anything with it. So it's just there to keep it. And yeah. And then value. Yeah. And then giving that away. I mean, just new use and what a joy to actually realize that someone else is having the joy of playing that guitar like you did maybe 20 years ago yeah yeah and then and i was like i was i was playing in in another rock band and um there was an um and the other guitar player a fantastic uh, guitar player but he was uh, autistic and he could not um do proper jobs so his wages were minimal and um, but we were playing rock, and his guitar was not really suited for that. And I, I saw this guitar, and I was like, "Hmm." And I gave it to him because I quit that band after a year. I said, "My mission is over here. It's uh, it's for you. You can have it." And you have to make me one promise: if you are going to sell it, just give it back to me. You can play it. It needs to be played. That's what it's meant for, like the ships in the harbor. It needs to be go out of the harbor, and um, just make me that promise. Eh? And I see then regularly on Facebook pictures of him playing that. And he could never afford that guitar. And it sounds really corny and cheesy, but it makes me so happy seeing that guy with a smile on his face, rocking out on the stage and having that ability to give that to somebody that gives me more pleasure of buying that thing because yeah, it's just a piece of wood with, uh, with strings. And it sounds a little bit, yeah, but it's, it's easy for you. You have the money and things like that. But it's for me, it's not about that. So. Um, yeah, I really, I, 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 I totally get you there. Yeah, I think it's, um, I see more and more people like buying into that kind of a lifestyle. I think a lot of people have experienced this during Corona as well, where they started like, started decluttering their space and stuff like that. But the reality is we do live in a consumption um, uh, society, you know, where everything is about buy, 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 and buy this thing, and you'll be happy because basically that's the message all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's food or a car or or clothes or 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 shampoo or whatever. Um, I do feel like people are getting more aware though mm-hmm. of of what what they are doing to themselves and and what they are doing to the world in in a bigger frame. Yeah. Um, which which I think it's a good thing. But on the other hand, it's still very marginal. You know, there's, in comparison to the rest of the world, it's only a very small amount of people who, yeah, but... who, who are living that lifestyle. But for me, it kind of just works. Honestly, yeah. if I love buying clothes, I would be buying clothes. Like, it's not like I'm very ethical about it or something. It's just a lifestyle that it just suits me. It just yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it, yeah. it's, it's like, like the clothing thing. If... Uh, if, if I don't feel good at it, uh, I don't. And the, the biggest uh, experience, it's more like a spiritual thing, was when I, when I was ra- around 30, I bought all these expensive clothes. And then, yeah, for some reason, I don't wear them anymore. And then you have to give away like that 100 euro or 150 euros uh, pearl over or something. Uh, that, that, to give that away, I was like, I want you over that hill. Then it's like, yeah, yeah, you can take it, and because then you feel that resistance of your body of that belief which is inside of you for so long. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do think you know. With um, one of the things that really helped me on that journey was just like realizing that it's actually you don't want to. I don't want to own something. I want to feel the experience that 
that that that thing is gonna give me. So yeah. it's I really I love nice cars. I really do. Like, but do I want to own them? No, I actually want to drive them. That's what I want. Mm. I want to drive nice cars. I don't necessarily need to own a nice car in order to have that experience, you know? So it's the same with, with more and more things that I realize it's like, do I want to own a cookbook? No, I want to have the experience of making that dish and mm. eating it. That's what I want. The cookbook is, is obviously an enabler in that process, but I don't need to own the cookbook to have that experience, That's which is fun. very, very different mindset or a very different way of looking into it. And I think a lot of us, when we buy something, what we actually want is the experience that we think the product is going to give us, whether that's good shampoo, why do we buy it? Because we actually want to have glossy hair. <laughs> or uh, maybe not, not me. Peter, eh? but uh, that, that's you know that that's what we want. We want to have that experience. Um, obviously, we need to buy the product to have that experience. Obviously, in that sense. But with a house as well, I love being in a gorgeous beach house. You know, beachfront property, surf break, just in front of the house. Uh, where I can invite friends and all that kind of stuff. Do I need to own a house like that? No. I can rent one and have that experience. And maybe next year I want to have that experience, but being in the mountains snowboarding, do I need to have a, a chalet in the mountains? Mm. No, I can just rent one and have that experience without the burden of owning the thing that I might just going to experience one or two or three times. Yeah, you that's know? true. That's true. So, I look, I look at it. Interesting. I didn't saw that coming. Now, <laughs> Um, if we're going to, we're going to, because we're already quite over time, but it doesn't matter. Um, if we're going to go, if we're now looking into the future within 10 years, who is Lynn? I have no idea. And I'm not interested in that. <laughs> okay. I've been reinventing myself every couple of years. So honestly, I have no idea who I would be. I hope I will be a little bit wiser. And grayer. Still be alive. <laughs> and in gray? A gray? That doesn't matter. I could be gray, just maybe wiser. Yeah. And that's it. But where I will be, with whom I will be, doing what? I don't know. It Great. Now um you you so but we didn't not talk about that a lot. So we talked about I'm going to read by the way your book gets real next week when I have it. Um, looking forward. Uh, so you have Zeker van Harzaak. You're also the founder of Travak Business School. Yeah, correct. What, what, what's that? The Travak Business School is an online course uh, yeah. of 10 weeks yeah. that currently women entrepreneurs can uh, go through. It's a 10-week yeah. course where we basically teach the fundamentals of business. So it's about finance, sales, marketing, yeah. Uh, administration, building a product which is scalable. Um, so we basically go through the most important fundamentals of not building a business because most of our students, if I can say students, already have a business, but they realize it's not giving them the freedom that they want. No. They're missing out on just a bunch of basic things that need to get sorted out in order for them to go to 
you know, the next level. So, so that's what the business school does. And you just mentioned that you reinventing yourself uh, every X amount of years. Um, you have now these two. What's next for you? Are you working on something new to start? Yeah, um, I always have <laughs> tons of ideas bouncing through my brain and I have learned from my more and more and more monster meditation that I shouldn't jump into them straight away. Um, so I tend to bounce around with ideas for a very long time before I, I actually take a step manifesting them more into the world. Um, I have been... Uh, so with the business school and with Zeker van Arzaak and with the book, I really wanted to bring freedompreneurship to Belgium. I really wanted to show people there's a different kind of way how you can set up your business. And via the network and the school, that's what I teach people. This is like, here's the framework, here's the formula. Step A is this, step B is this, step C is this, and, and so forth. And you follow the formula and then, and then you're going to get somewhere where you want to get to. Um, I've been doing this for um, five years now and I've, I love doing this. I've seen amazing results with my students and it's given me a lot of um, fulfillment from that. Um, I feel that now for me the time has come to, because I have been learning a lot about strategy, mindset, um, limiting beliefs that we have as entrepreneurs and I do believe that those are the things that you need to skillfully train if you want to grow your freedom business mm -hmm. so I feel like um, the things that I've been teaching via the school which I will I guess will be teaching for quite a few years to come because it's still very valid and it's more valid right now than it has been before um, so I think I will be teaching that for still many years to come um, but on top of that I do feel that women who have been experiencing that and have been growing towards a hundred thousand euro business which I was in about three years ago I can now I feel with what I've learned I can take them to the next step which is not about how should I get stuff done? But it's about why are you doing what you're yeah. doing and what's holding you back to get to the next level. And it's not about, oh, I don't know how to sell because you have those skills. It's not like, I don't know how to do marketing. You have those skills, you know how to do it. It's about what are the stories that you tell yourself and are those stories telling you to go big, whatever kind of way that means, or are they telling you, oh, you shouldn't do that. Um, and, and how are you positioning yourself into a market space that is just really kind of requiring you to reinvent yourself and your business every couple of years? Mm -hmm. um, how do you do that? How do you, how do you keep a strategic vision on, on what it is that you do as an entrepreneur? And, and I feel like because I've been going through that journey for the last three years and worked on a lot of stuff regarding that. I really broke through kind of a lot of barriers myself, including with my business too. I feel now that this is the next level of knowledge yeah. that I want to bring to my audience or to a new audience that I haven't talked to yet. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Great. Now, last question. 
what is still a great I, I should I should I can continue for hours but we're not going to do that was still a, a crazy dream for you but it has to be crazy eh? don't say I want to serve in uh, Fuerteventura Spain or something a crazy dream for you is it that is it that mansion and the piano playing in uh, the US no um you know what I think this is a great question and I'm gonna tell you right now why it's a great question because one of the things I've when I started a business I wanted to be successful mm -hmm. then I was successful in the old school kind of way and then I realized you know what I want to be successful in a lot of ways not only in business but also spiritually financially, with my relationships, with my friends, with my personal development. I don't know if you're familiar with like the wheel of life. Yes, of and course. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So I started really looking into my life like a more yeah. holistic yeah. way of having success. And that helped me again to kind of like grow into a more balanced kind of mm -hmm. lifestyle, which, which basically is where I am right now which actually gets me to the point of answering your question. Right now, I feel so content that I actually don't have a dream left, which is one of my biggest challenges at the moment. It's kind of like realizing that I'm living my dream life yeah. and realizing that I need to build another dream. And I don't know yet what it's going to be. And that's a really interesting space to be in. I've been in that space for like a year and a half now. Um, I think it will unfold. Yes, of course. Uh, the dream will unfold, um, but it hasn't unfolded yet. There's been a lot of suggestions, but nothing really that's like, oh yeah, this is, this is going to be but, it. <laughs> but I think you will know that everything comes on time. Yeah, I think so. So right now, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've achieved basically my wildest dreams. And, but I also know with the growth mindset that I have, it would be really cool if I could get another really awesome dream. Um, but I don't have it yet. Maybe your viewers have some. <laughs> but it's your life and it's your dream. So the answers no, are within you. Eh? I'm open to whatever comes my way. Trust me, I will say no if it's not going to be my thing. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm all uh, eyes and ears for the next big thing. But I don't know what the next big thing is going to be yet. Is, is that uh, already part of uh, um, the freedompreneur, uh, how do you say that, uh, methodology is to realizing your dream life? Um. For, it's about the business part of it, yeah. how the business can serve the dream life. Yeah. Um, I feel now with the next level of kind of like mentorship that I'm going yeah. to provide, it's actually going to expand into yeah. those, not all of the other areas of your life, but yeah. definitely a few yeah. other areas of your life. Um, yeah, so. I, because it's, I think it's, it's the same for me, eh? because you said the wheel of life, because when I started to look my life also more holistically, 
I think there is the key because it's uh, not, I mean, it's great to be successful in that, especially business area, but it's, I think it's a very limited life. And uh, that's like I just said, uh, you have the, the, the relationships. I look at from emotional, physically, spiritually, and uh, mentally. And I, as long as I work on those four things and I have like f 12 um, areas in my life I can work on, I mean, and these things need to be, how do you say, in balance um, so that they are, yeah, these are ingredients to the mix that makes my life, my, my dream life. I mean, what mm -hmm. am I having like $1 billion when I, yeah, when all my relationships are, are, are very bad, uh, which um, I'm physically too fat and I'm feeling lazy or not lazy, I'm feeling tired, having no energy at all, mentally in a very bad place and emotionally a wreck. I personally, so, and I think, yeah, and I think a lot of people, especially with this with this Corona thing, are searching. And it doesn't matter if if I'm meeting people from 23 or 25 are struggling, thinking about, is this the relationship for me? We just bought a house. Is this what I really want? Or I'm just surviving? Or when you are 50 and thinking, now I just lived a mental construction of my life of opinions of others which I should live, eh? the nine to five golden cage thing driving and I'm going to use now your words driving in a very too expensive Audi and the ring of Brussels um, I love Audi by the way <laughs> what, what? I love Audi by the way yeah yeah, yeah me too so I, yeah it's it's that I, I know I know what you mean by that so uh, um, and that's actually my mission I really want to that people f f follow their passion follow that path of that positive energy and that they can have multiple things in their lives I don't want to choose between between being a musician, for instance, and doing business and being spiritual. It's it's all, and being a father. For me, it's all possible. Yeah. I don't see any reason why I shouldn't. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And one of the things that um, made me build, for example, the Travel Business School, it's kind of like it's a little bit of my legacy. I mean, when people know that they need to change things in their lives. Mm -hmm that's the job or the relationship or whatever eh? the re but the reality is that we don't we don't even always have actually the time to to properly think and realize and and change things eh? um, and one of the biggest reasons why we don't have the time is because our work consumes us and if we look at the 24 hours that we have in a day besides i hope sleeping probably your work is going to be the biggest chunk of hours that you're going to spend being awake. And one of the things that I honestly, I do believe that when you get that stuff sorted out, when you get like a job that is fulfilling or a business that is not only fulfilling, but also liberating you from a nine to five mindset from working 40 hours, a week or, or eight hours a day or whatever, and you can have a business that is basically a little bit taking care of itself mm -hmm. and create time freedom for you, that's when you have opportunity to actually expand in those other areas. Because I, I think a lot of people really do wanna work on their relationships or wanna spend more time diving into the spiritual journey that they're thinking about. 
But the biggest chunk that is holding them back is I can't do it because I need to work because I need money. And whether we like that or not, it's the reality. You need money to have your house, to have your food, to have all that kind of stuff. And what I've always hoped to do, unlike in a bigger picture of thing, things, is, is like, here's my business school and here's the formula that's going to give you that freedom to step away from that grind that no matter what you still have to do because you have to make money unless i mean you you're born rich or you're inherited something or you've got a sugar daddy or a sugar mommy but most of us we need to make money to live that's it whether that's a lot or that's a little it doesn't matter that's the reality of the yep. society we live in and here in the world and I was just like, what if you could have a business that's kind of like it's taking care of that part without you having to attend it 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week, maybe not even 20 hours a week. How does that enable you to, to kind of expand on those other things in your life? Because we can talk about any other development journey that we want to go through as individuals, but in the end, if we're working 60 hours a week running a business, it's marginal, the effects that we're going to have. Um, and and I, I really wanted to expand that for myself and I knew I needed to build a business that would allow me to do that. Um, that's why I became an entrepreneur at first and that's why I redesigned my business. So I actually had the time to, you know, travel to Thailand and, and meet with my spiritual guru or, or live in Austin and go surfing or, you know, like do those things that nurture me. Um, so yeah, maybe that's a little bit of the bigger thing of what I'm trying to do. Linda Poe, I have to say, as a conclusion, you are a beautiful and a wise woman. Thank you. And I want to thank you for your time, your I energy. I say the same to you, Peter, but I should say a beautiful man and a wise man. Otherwise, it would be a little bit weird. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm very sorry I don't use shampoo anymore. So... Um, <laughs> So don't run away, don't, don't run away. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time, your energy, your passion, and actually your mission. And I wish you all the best, all the luck, and uh, you will find that dream. Thanks for, thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank thanks. you. Bye-bye. Ciao.